Hello, and welcome to Her Return, a podcast devoted to returning to your feminine essence through embodiment practices, sensual explorations, and unifying the feminine and masculine energies within. I am your host, Lindsay Curtis. Episode number six, Conversation with Hira Hosen. I'm so happy to introduce you to this episode where I get to sit down with my friend and beautiful sister on this path of life, Hira. Hira was the one that handed me the book of Katherine Shainberg and said, this is you. Thanks to her prompting, we took our first uh, workshop with Katherine together which helped me to realize that this was the path I wanted to walk, the path of a dreamer. So Hira has a very special place within my heart as a catalyst for my own ascension process. In today's conversation, we discuss contrast, feminine openings, mothering, asking questions about our programs, and cleaning the collective feminine, as well as vertical reality, rest, just rest and bringing vibration into full alignment with source so that we can magnetize all that we desire. Enjoy. So welcome Hira. Thank you so much for tuning in here. It's such an exciting thing to connect in with you and um, throughout space and time. It's incredible. So exciting to tune in here for the podcast and hear about your work and connect with your latest offerings to the world. Okay, so may this interview inspire our sisters and the beautiful people of this planet upon their own paths in whatever way, shape, and form that may be. Um, So take us back to the beginning for yourself. As you are a leader in catalyzing global ascension, tell us, um, bring us back to the beginning. And how is your childhood? How did your childhood shape you or propel you forward into your own path of awakening and then service? Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> in a mm-hmm. nutshell. Well, I, I had a really amazing youth, uh, and it's funny because nobody has ever really asked me about it. I was always outside. I grew up in, uh, in a very small village uh, in Holland, actually, in the middle of Holland. It's a very small village. On, we lived in a farm. There was uh, chickens and cows and horses and everything, like a real uh, Dutch farm, even with the, you know, the little Dutch... Uh, Oh yeah, like the whole oh. thing. The, the, what do you call them in English? The the little wooden shoes on the yeah. Oh, I totally forget. Like clogs? No, that's something. Oh, that's possible. That's possible. That's Maybe. the word. Klompen. Klompen. Okay. I loved working on those. So I I was outside all the time, all the time, and a lot of the uh, abilities that I already had when I was uh, younger and when I was born. I had learned very young to only let those abilities kind of go out in my communication with nature, you know, yes. animals, trees, and I was making little fairy homes and, you know, but I really learned very young, like, okay, that's kind of 
secret or my world, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I still like, still now, like when certain abilities or capacities are coming out, it's not like new in that sense. It just, it's just kind of remembering like, oh yeah, that's, you know, that's what I used to do naturally, you know, uh, when I was very young. So that really helped. And I feel that when I was around 11, we moved to Maastricht, which is in the south of Holland. Where when I was around 11, and that was really traumatic uh, to get out of that kind of like safe environment. Mm. And then I got like really kind of lost for a long time, like at least 10 years, um, you know, maybe 15 years, something like that. Uh, happily, my first boyfriend was amazing. Uh, in helping me out but also uh, I was using a lot of drugs and you know really I moved to Amsterdam and already my teenagers was very difficult I don't I don't know how you know poor teenagers all over the world <laughs> like I, yeah. I will never ever wanting to go through that period anymore yeah. you know traumatic deeply traumatic mm -hmm. uh, so emotional yeah, and all that pain you've stored, you know, it just all of a sudden comes out, like all that ease and grace that you have when you're young. Like when you're really young, you look at those grown-ups and you're like, wow, they're out of it, you know, I will never be like that. And all of a sudden you have all those hormones, all the thing, yeah. you know, ignited and activated. I mean, horrible. But anyway, <laughs> I survived. I did try to kill myself, but I survived. Mm, thankfully. Uh, yeah yeah no i I didn't like do anything uh, in that sense like with my wrists or something but i was standing on one of those really high buildings with with the the total uh you know feeling like i'm gonna jump so then of course that that contrast i guess you know always that's always what the masters say right is that all these uh, awakened souls like they they choose a lot of contrast in their life to know you know what they really want in life i guess yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so and then slowly, slowly, everything started to become more uh, natural, I guess. Uh, I still had a lot of things to go through, but I started meditating uh, about 20 years ago. So that must have been around, like, around when I was in the, between 2024, I started traveling India half a year without money, but really, you know, following my heart and then really learning how to, uh, and then starting meditation every day. Meditating every day, which definitely is my uh, back backbone or basis of where I'm now, and uh, the whole leader thing, by the way, like the leader of um, you called me a leader, doesn't resonate anymore. It used to really, huh? It used to be like I am the pioneer and I'm changing, and I think I needed it because, especially in that time, like now, it's completely different. But 44 years ago, uh, the world needed Aries like me. Which <laughs> just like blam, you know force the door open like there's a new world coming and you go you know yeah. <laughs> and so, now the softness yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> the balance always comes sometimes well thank you for that mm. see and feel and connect with so much there already to begin with a strong connection with nature and then the disconnect and how do we find our way back right mm. how do we return home to ourselves and yeah. this um, connection that we know that we are simply mm. beautiful and um 
So you'd already mentioned that you had a really great boyfriend and that you had also found meditation in, in the 20s. Was there any um, person around that age, that re- other person that really inspired you? Mm, no, no. I think that's what was missing, actually. I didn't, I, in that time, I, you know, happily, uh, as, 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 as I said, like my first and second boyfriend, both I stayed around four or five years with, they were amazing, like really taking care of me. But I didn't have, you know, I, I wasn't, I wasn't really spiritual in that sense. So that whole spiritual world was separated from who I thought I was. Like I was, you know, living in that kind of square. I lost all those things from my youth, like mm-hmm. everything gone like all the abilities that I had clairvoyance like everything the openness I even teleported when I was really small all those abilities were like out of the door so uh, even if someone would remind me of them that would scare the death out of me (laughs) like okay uh, nice but it has nothing to do with me you know it's like that's your thing yeah so I think that was that was, that was what was missing because now I have a lot of people that inspire me a lot a lot and every day more and more. So, but then no, I I would like a singer or you know a, a woman with a beautiful voice, listen to her sing. But you know that would be it. Mm-hmm. Well, the healing power of music also as an activator, mm-hmm. in our own expression, right? As the feminine opening up our own voices. Yeah, feeling that mirror. Can you talk, tell us about your connection with your own femininity then, and then opening um, that up for yourself? Yeah, um, it's really interesting because uh, when I was uh, young, up until when I was seventeen, I was like a like a boy. I was mm-hmm. dressing like a boy. I was climbing in trees like a boy. I was wild like a boy. I would uh, do soccer. Anything that had anything to do with girls would be out of my world. I didn't want to even be associated with it. And then when I was around 15, 16, I I started to find it annoying that they would call me young man because even my expressions, my hair, everything would be very like a young boy. So, and because a lot of girls around me, they, they already had, you know, they already had sex and everything. Like they, you know, at 14, 13, 14, these girls like go for it. But I was like super slow. Mm. So I was slow. Uh, there's a huge difference in between what girls of my age are interested in and, and me. So started slowly when I was 15, 16, that I started to be, that it was annoying to me. Like, oh, they're calling me young man and stuff. But I'm a young girl and this and that. And then I just made it like a 180 degree, like blom like that when I fell in love with my first boyfriend. Mm. And he was very, uh, he had a Harley and he was, I mean, he's very eccentric, like an extremely eccentric person. He still is. Mm. So fashion, very important. He would put leggings with holes in it. And, you know, I mean, this is like, I was 17, right? So this is what, 25 years ago. Mm. It was punk as it is now. Like it was really, you would be really special in that sense if you dare to dress like he did. So then all of a sudden it was like, bomb. I was starting to uh, wear skirts and dresses. And all of a sudden, like people would just drop their... <laughs> like, no longer recognizing you. <laughs> yeah, no, no, not at all. Like even just going to Paris, this fashion modeling agency, Elite told me to come and give up my studies and, you know, and then modeling work so 
it was really like for me, I mean, later I realized that the transition in between the little boy that I was, you know, and the, the, the femme fatale uh, <laughs> in Paris, it's like uh, totally ridiculous. I missed out on like a lot of that fun there. The spectrum. Mm. A lot of the spectrum. So, so basically I really got in touch with my feminine side because in those days it was more as a, I used it as a, as for gain and pleasure and power. The externalized feminine. Oh, yeah, completely. Yeah. Like, mm. uh, oh, I'm, I'm, I have a lot of power because I am a woman and I can dress like this and that, high heels, blah, 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 the whole thing. And the worst part was that everybody would say, you're so beautiful, you're so beautiful. But when I would look in the mirror, I would think that I'm the most ugly person in the world. I had like a really, really self, uh, very low self-esteem. So again, that contrast in between how I felt and how the outside world would respond to me was huge, was like extreme. And then only when I started to get pregnant, this is when everything changed for me. I was around 33 or 34. And when I got pregnant and my body was starting to produce, I mean, a child, like to produce another being, mm. that like completely changed my world. That, that really like at that moment, I could look in the mirror and be like, this body is holy. <laughs> it's producing <laughs> another being. Yeah. Like, you know, it can be like all wrinkly, all this, all that, whatever. But it, it's doing it. It's the greatest miracle for even now. I mean, that's 10 years ago, but even now I'm still thinking like that. It's the greatest miracle I've ever lived. So that's when yeah. I started to really connect to my uh, sacred feminine and, you know, the mother becoming the mother, which is super scary because you have no idea what that means. And then the baby comes out, you have no idea how that all is going to go. It's yeah. a super scary time but also because the child gives you that much it's like you're guided through it for you know the universe guides you through it it's all natural but mm -hmm. so then i really started so so you could say that it's only 10 years that i'm really connecting to the sacred feminine in that sense but then again i used to also do a lot of ceremonies for the earth and you know once once this whole um wilder period uh, came out and i started traveling in india and i met this beautiful rainbow tribe there and we didn't have facebook and phones and all that huh? it's, it was really from mouth to mouth and so there would there would be a hundred people which was already a lot like meeting in these these rainbow gatherings that's you know so i was already definitely in connection with ceremonial work shaman work uh, you know magic white magic and all that mm -hmm. um, but my feminine me and myself and my feminine intimacy. Yeah, that's about 10 years. And then, mm. yeah. Mm. It's really beautiful. I witness a lot with the women that I work with. Also, this initiation into motherhood is often the initiation into femininity. Mm. Just because of our culture and the time of the world that we've been in, right? Mm -hmm. And the relation to the feminine as being very external and... Um, Pin-uppy, <laughs> in a way. Crazy. I mean, mm. I mean, it's. I mean, I'm realizing more and more and more. I'm going to also start one of those uh, Tao courses where mm. to really uh, get to really work with with all those different muscles of you know of the body and everything. I'm really, really looking forward to that. Mm. 
and but the it's, yoni portal just to connect more fully with each like aspect of the the yoni's activation and all the energy channels that we have within us are infinite <laughs> and intricate <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah let's use that right <laughs> yes it's yeah. so powerful it's been the most yeah. powerful thing yeah mm. exactly yeah so, so then when i tune into that energy i i again i'm like i'm looking outside and my daughter now she's 10 years old and so she makes all these little you know the youth now nowadays is all tiktok so they all make just these tiny little uh videos on tiktok and the you know so i see what she does and her girlfriends and the you know the, the girls from her school um and it's it's painful it's really painful because mm. they they don't even know it. it's like they make mm, and they it and the way that they look it's oh, like same. the way they move and i'm like my god like you're 10 years old and it's already in in the way that they present themselves on online you know mm -hmm. and you're like whoa like we are living in such a pornographic world like i'm mm -hmm. sorry to word but it's it's only about um the, the visual outside uh the masculine, the masculine kind of masculine way of looking at that uh, uh at the woman as an object in that sense and um and and you can see it like how it's like inside influence inside of the cultural um in our cultural heritage uh on girls of like 10 years old so so for example two days ago they came to me and they said oh look at this video on TikTok and this video, and I look at it and I'm saying, why, why the tongue? Why, why do you move like that? And they don't know. They, they actually, they get, when I ask those questions, they get shocked because they're like, is that, is that not how I should uh, yeah. promote myself? Like, you yeah. know, I, not how I should, you know, and then, so I'm not bringing it to them harshly, but I'm just asking like, why, why do you move like that? Why do you, you know, um, mm. no, we we are having quite uh, some re-education uh, needs uh, as a society completely. Completely, and the mm. more as mothers that we embody also this frequency and the connection with our own sexual sacred sexuality, the more easily it's just transmitted in in how we are, right, and how we radiate. Yeah, the power of asking the question why why are you holding like that mm. yeah, why move like that is uh, who are you trying to impress or who 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 are you making this video for uh like all these questions i i ask them these questions and then they start thinking uh you know and then they're embarrassed to answer because they notice that by asking these questions they go to the source and they're like yeah you know and if you look at it from an uh, ascension point of view it's just a program. So whatever I can do to go into those programs of those children without pinpointing that, uh, without criticizing, judging it, because that would, that would make it worse. That, that, that just deepens the problem. The program goes more inside and they hide it even more. Mm -hmm. So these are opportunities that I take as a mother to, to be uh, strict, but very open and gentle about it. Like, hey, you know, just like kind of like, pushing the buttons of the programs like here you look there's the program here there's a program you all these programs like program uh you as a woman has to be have to be beautiful mm -hmm. program because if you are not beautiful then uh you cannot survive in uh and especially here in egypt i mean i, I live in egypt yeah so obviously 
uh, it's not like that in Holland anymore or in Europe, but it's still inside of our collective, mm-hmm. is that a woman survives by her beauty. Like if she's beautiful, the man will stay with her and the man will provide uh, for her and her family. So that's a program which is like we've been carrying for thousands of years. So it's not in one generation that we get it out. That's, you know, when I look at my child, I'm like, wow, I, I've cleaned so much. But she she has her own programs, her own collective, you know, uh, to, to clean. So mm-hmm. uh, the program, uh, other women are, are, uh, are a threat. Competition. Competition. Mm-hmm another program because it used to really be like that like the guy with the or the guy story our men with <laughs> sounded really <laughs> our our men would provide for us and mm-hmm. if he would fall in love with another woman as a woman you were not allowed to work or or get your income so you know it was literally linked as a woman to your marriage you know, if your marriage wasn't going well and you would fall in love with another woman, you would lose your whole life. You would be on the street and not being able to take care of it. So when you look at those programs, I mean, there's hundreds of programs that we could go into. But if you look at them, you just that's what I do. I just pinpoint them slowly, but strictly, and then just ask questions. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Yes, and from what you just mentioned also, it highlights how when we're acting from these programs, when we're acting from these conditioned ways of being, we can't connect in sisterhood. We, there's no room to connect deeply female to female and to um, enjoy our sensuality and discover what it is our real beauty is, right? Yeah. Because how are we defining beauty anyway? Um, you also mentioned ascension. So for our listeners that maybe aren't so familiar with that word, could you define it for us or give us just a little bit more information? Sure. Um, if you want more information, you can always go to my uh, website, which is Tantra of the Heart. Of the Heart, one word, dot com, where there is a bit more of um, what is ascension. But I like to keep it very simple, which means that we're uh, we're at the end of a cycle, not only one cycle, but three different cycles. So a 6,000 year, 12,000 year cycle and, and a 36,000 year cycle. Mm-hmm. And when two of those cycles come together, it's a huge transition for people on the planet. So there's a, a, a massive global ascension happening, whether we are conscious about it or not, through our planet. And our planet itself, like Gaia, Mother Earth, has already made that ascension. So she already went into that uh, higher vibrational state. So it's a bit of a question to everyone now, even though you're conscious about it or not. Like, do I go with her or do I go to a parallel universe? Because I still want to play that uh, light-dark game, Mm -hmm. which there is no judgment about it. I mean, me, myself, like it has only a year ago, I think, the last year, let's say, that I really, really felt deeply inside. No, I'm... I really want to move. I really decided that I am ready to really move into that unified field mm-hmm. of consciousness where there is no more light dark, there is no more heroes, there's no more saving anybody, there's no more power over others. But even then, like I, I still have my moments of doubt. It's like as if you've been on a, on a certain drugs uh, all your life and that you're trying to get uh, rid of it or 
trying to rehab rehabilitate yeah mm -hmm. so as a society we have been on the drugs of suffering mm -hmm. completely drugged uh, like our whole being uh, is is entrenched with uh, suffering in a way because for example the way our mind is just uh, making movies all day like talking to itself so if you look at a human being, there's this mind talking and the other one's listening and then even responding. So we're like in a continuous uh, <laughs> dualistic dialogue <laughs> all day long. If you look at it, we're very sick as a society. Mm -hmm. I mean, <laughs> so yeah. we're basically, we're like, you could call it drugged, which is, uh, which is not, there is no judgment about it. We want to play that game. There is no victim here. There's no, you know, but, but if you do want to get out of that, I, I still have, uh, like yesterday, I had this doubt because I was, I was driving and I was like, oh my God, if everything will be so easy, there's no more door to, you know, to, to, to run down or there's no more. And I was like, yeah, but am I, and then I really, really go inside and reflect like, do I want to go for another round of, you know, kind of like helping others, saving others, being the Bodhisattva and all that? Mm. Or do I, or am I really finished with it? Am I, am I really ready to go into the, so then I think like, wow, if I'm still having these questions, how do other people do this? <laughs> they don't have this 20 years of basis of, of, of meditation and mm. uh, ascension work and, you know, all that. So what I'm really feeling today also really feel is that I'm trying to create a space where we have time for another two generations, at least maybe three, but let's say two generations to make this shift because there is a lot of people that are tired of waiting. So they're trying to, or creating uh, a physical shift they're creating that some say it's in august this year some say you know the event like they have all kinds of names for it and there's all, all these little pods and groups of people that are saying this is it this year is going to happen you know like 12 in 2012 it was what was it the the what was it again like the shift the whatever shift in consciousness but, yeah. so there's name there's all kinds of names for it, and i you know i went I was part of that one and that one and that one. <laughs> and now I'm just like, I really trying to buy time for, and not in the sense of um, for them, because then my, my compassion in that sense can still be hijacked. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it really can. Like if you're very compassionate, you're like, we need more time. We need more time. Then that can be, get me hijacked because you're still in fear at that moment. But I'm creating that space out of love like really out of love, like why, like we've, we have taken so long, thousands of years to get to this moment. Our evolution literally is going like that. Like we're not even like in that exponential growth anymore. We're like this. Vertical, <laughs> vertical reality. It has never been in any universe going so fast in evolution as we are now. That's why everybody's on the VIP seats, like looking at us, like, mm -hmm. wow, that planet. Like, people are just, you know, like evolving faster in one hour than they did three lifetimes before. Yeah. It's crazy. So, we're going that fast. So, if we are, if it's true that all this is happening in that sense, why rush it? <laughs> why push it to this August? So I'm, I'm really, and, and that's what I said to Source again today. I said, listen, I, I get it. I get it. Some people are tired. Me too. I have days where 
I'm like, okay, let's get all those people that are still in that duality game just off the planet. The planet is ours and that's it. I, I do have those moments. Of course yeah. I do. Like, yeah. you know, when I go out and especially in Egypt, like very yeah. culture and they're like, oh my God, like they look at me and like, you know, I don't have the fit, whatever. It can be whatever that triggers it. It doesn't matter what country I am. It can just be triggered. And then I'm like, I'm so done with this. But that's human. <laughs> that would not be a good motivation <laughs> in my ascension perspective in my yeah. professional perspective mm. so yeah that's what i'm trying i'm trying to to hold space for mm. another two generations i guess i will be 70 or 80 years old and then i'm sure i will be able to really live only in uh, unity consciousness not needing the game of uh, light mm. dark anymore and mm. And our planet will be healed and clean because you can't survive this. The planet's vibration is so getting so high that whatever you're holding on to lower frequencies, uh, greed, fear, hatred, uh, whatever, even self-punishment, self-criticism, whatever, all these lower, lower vibrations, you can't hide them anymore. They're all going to come out in your face in situations around your in your life as your life is a reflection on whatever is going inside so even the 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 lower vibrational beings that are trying to hold our planet in this kind of um, super slave whatever you call it uh, society they they won't be able to survive also because the the vibration of the planet is higher and higher raising and raising and raising and, raising, and it's not stopping i don't know yeah. if you've noticed but it's yeah. not <laughs> Yes. It's like going out of the sky. Like we're like, okay, <laughs> raising, raising. So I'm like, why push it, people? Do they, do, let's just do this. Be at nature's rhythm also. I'm always talking about this. Like how can I be in nature's rhythm? Sometimes nature is super quick. It's spring right now in Brussels and all of a sudden like everything is just exploding. And then, you know, we have periods of rest and, and germination and development that take longer in our, I mean, in this case, our ascension process, it's like that, right? It comes in waves and it moves and I don't, I don't feel it works on a deadline. <laughs> We're this infinite being, how can I have all of a sudden a deadline? <laughs> that sounds kind of contradicted. Yeah. No, I'm happy you use that word deadline because <laughs> it's just like um, <laughs> it's like the whole Western world is like, like on deadlines and it's like okay, people just rest. That's that's what like my biggest inspiration at the moment is my teacher. Uh, his name is Tenzin Wangyal Rinpoche, and he's like a very ancient. He's he's like a representative of this very ancient lineage, which is already thirteen thousand year unbroken lineage old. And he also, I hear him in my, happily, I hear him a lot in my, in my head where he says, rest, yes. just rest. Yes. There is no deadline, just rest. And he, and he laughs about deadline, not, not in a bad way, like judgmental, but he laughs about yeah, laugh. you know, He probably has deadlines too. You know, he has huge centers all over the world and he needs to do, I don't know what, but mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, yeah, I like that, that word, the mm. deadline, and then just rest. Yes, and this is the ultimate, this part of the feminine also, it's the yin energy of the rest, like how much can I allow and welcome and, and give myself permission to rest in this world that doesn't really support it, because it's in the rest that real 
transformation, real magic actually happens. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly it. Mm. Um, when I look at my youth, my father was very much uh, on performance and uh, made me very excellent in a lot of skills and abilities, which I'm not complaining. It was beautiful. That's why I, I am now who I am. But still now, after so many years of practice, like daily practice, and even now, moment to moment, like since two, three years, it's like I'm not doing only daily practice in the morning, but I'm kind of constantly calling myself back, constantly calling myself into that connection with source, constantly resting, like rest, rest, rest. Um, I notice how hard it is in a sense because I'm programmed to perform, <laughs> programmed to make effort. Oh, you want more money? Oh, then you have to make more effort. You have to work harder. Oh, uh, you want to become uh, a leader in Ascension? Okay, so then you have to do that, 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 that workshop. See that, 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 that teacher. It's like, yeah, okay. If, it, if, it, if you're enjoying it and it has a fun, a fun, high fun factor for you, mm -hmm. obviously, enjoy it. But it's not like I, I have to perform or become this certain person to be able to do these types of things. No, actually the opposite. Just drop it all, <laughs> rest and relax. <laughs> mm. They just, um, the, you said, become this other being. And that's um, been playing so much the last two years on really this process of who am I being? How can I be first and then do and then just have the experience? Because my reality is then matching who I'm being. And so starting always back to this being before any of the other things. And the being comes in the rest. The being comes in that full vibrational alignment state of, yeah. okay, this is just where I am. Yeah, that's exactly it. It's like, how can I bring my vibration uh, more in alignment with my source? Mm. And if it is in full alignment with my source, then it, and in the female way, uh, the magnetic way, we will just attract the people calling opportunities, money, uh, relationships, you know, and everything. But as I said, it's amazing how I'm still <laughs> dealing with programs inside that are completely the other way around. You have to become and, and be better and improve and, you know, make a lot of effort <laughs> and do a lot of stuff. <laughs> like, okay, no. <laughs> Just... <laughs> and I love you too. <laughs> <laughs> Mm, melted away. Mm. Um, let's see. Okay, what would you say to a woman who has not yet experienced her femininity in relation to spiritual work, uh, a spiritual experience, experiencing her femininity in that way, that she's feeling the tingling, she's feeling that something's missing in her life? Mm. Yeah, I would start. Uh, I would start with something that is more feminine energy, and that she really enjoys doing or non-doing, <laughs> and and then really just go into the feeling of it, not the understanding or the um, trying to create something like okay, I need to have a spiritual experience here. If you do that it's already you can forget about it there's you know if you you're like expecting or wanting that certain experience because you keep hearing around you like 
oh, she's seeing light and oh, she's doing that and she's feeling this and da, da, da. For me, ascension is a lot about connecting with the more subtle realms inside. Mm-hmm. So whatever you can do to get in touch with that feeling inside, that kind of like a lush feeling like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm a woman. And what does that mean? And dance, and move and, and um, maybe create with your hands or, or, or go in nature, the, this, you know, the, the sea, the sand. Um, and of course you can have that kind of goal, like, okay, I'm going to do that to be more in touch with my feminine side in a spiritual way but if you define that spiritual way as being i have to i have this a lot in my workshops like when we go into the heart a lot of people expect to see mm. certain things and then i always say to them like maybe you're not a visual person at all i mean that's more mm-hmm. masculine way of seeing anyway visual mm-hmm. uh, more sensing mm-hmm. sensing and knowing so it's more like you have no idea where it, get, it came from, but you just know something all of a sudden. Yeah. Or, you know, and that, so that's also to keep it broad, you know, just keep that very broad type of, you know, and then once you really get into that feeling of, of that, you know, that, that flow, that enjoyment of just being a woman and feeling the power of that, like, oh my God, I'm a woman. That's mm-hmm. incredible. <laughs> you know? <laughs> It's so incredible. I'm like, it's not a day that I'm not like, oh, I chose well. Yes. <laughs> I yeah. Well, yeah, I'm happy that I chose to be a woman. Of course, for our balance, we have to choose different lifetimes of a man and a woman. But, you know, this mm-hmm. life, I'm, I'm a woman, I chose well. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, you know, when you, when you start to have that type of feelings, that is spiritual right that is that's what you know that's what that connection with your subtle realm the connection with the subtle realms around us as well and so you will become more and more aware of more and more subtle energies inside and outside and then at certain points it will just be your daily life it will just you will not be able to see your being in any other way anymore than that as a, as spiritual right it's like yeah. that uh separation in between being spiritual not spiritual is just gone mm-hmm. you don't care anymore what people call spiritual you're just like yeah no i just want to enjoy myself <laughs> yeah. and that's bringing it back to you know we are spiritual beings having a human experience it's not the other way around yeah. But when we're beginning again on the path, it feels the other way around until again there's that switch and it's just like, oh yeah, I'm just living life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm, yeah. Fantastic. So bring it into feeling. Mm. Yeah. Feeling, that's it. Like whatever you want, even if it's money, just, mm-hmm. just realize that it's an emotional path, mm-hmm. not a doing path. It's an emotional, vibrational path. Mm-hmm. 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 Beautiful. Um, to begin to wrap up our time together, what is the last token of feminine wisdom that you would like to impart upon us now? 
oh wow there's a lot of pressure all of a sudden <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <You> do that <laughs> It's the balance of the masculine and feminine. It's good. <laughs> uh, it's funny because when I express that, what came through, which is our feminine wisdom, is just like really being flexible in the moment and just like responding to whatever is happening in the moment. I felt like what, what came through as, as words in my brain was uh, that the feminine is wisdom. Mm. that is the, that is like really uh what you know in in our society might have been uh suppressed for so long um but always comes out as the mother as the wife as the partner as the woman for herself like this this ancient wisdom is very feminine energy mm-hmm. like the feminine energy is where all of creation comes from it is the you know if you can divide let's say we have source and then the the first division into masculine feminine i see it as pure light so there's pure light and then you have this kind of first division in masculine feminine then this masculine is coming from the feminine Mm. it's like the feminine is the first and holder of all of creation in that sense without saying oh the feminine is like you know putting it higher or lower than than the masculine you could see more the masculine as the protector as the structure mm-hmm. as the support mm-hmm. that is for example my husband we're 15 years together that's what he does he just really stands not behind me he stands next to me but he really says you got my support just go for a baby <laughs> just do whatever you need to do <laughs> You know, and, and he's the first one. If I say, I really want to go to America and do this retreat with Kim Pochet and this and that. But I don't know. It's a bit expensive and the money of our family, da, da, da. And he's like, go, baby. Just do it. Because he knows, you know. So, so the feminine is like, when you go all the way back to source, I would say feminine is wisdom. Mm. Pure wisdom. Goosebumps all over my body, and my nipples are hard. Actually, (laughs) when you first said it, I was like, "Oh, (laughs) oh, beautiful, good, the wisdom." Mm, Thank you, thank you. So, tell us where we can connect to you, and I'm going to include all of the links um, below, or next to, or above this lovely post. Um, Yeah. So I have one website, which is more for information of uh, everything that I'm doing, all the services, because I used to give a lot of workshops of the School of Remembering of Trumvalo Melchizedek. And I've done that for seven years. And then my path changed into more honoring the feminine sacred. So I do a lot of um, workshops now, one in Ibiza and one in, in Glastonbury, which is very feminine goddess honoring town in England with only women uh, but i also do sacred side tours so where we activate light codes within us in the in the memory the ancient memories of mary magdalene but also now i'm working a lot with isis isis the goddess mm-hmm. hathor segmet all the egyptian goddesses um so yes yeah, so you can check it out in tantraoftheheart.com and my events when you want to go directly to the events it's on rideyourlotus.com rideyourlotus.com Right, Ride it. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Mm, yeah. Thank you so much for connecting in. Thank you. Mm.
I'm Lindsay Curtis, and you've been listening to Her Return, the podcast. Subscribe and review this podcast on iTunes, Podbean, and wherever you are listening. Thank you so much for tuning in with me and for that five-star review. Join me for new episodes coming soon.